Mysterious-ish. Contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. watch iCarly <laughs> oh man it's on Paramount Plus god that was one hell of an intro <laughs> right and okay. they got the new iCarly on Paramount Plus <gasps> stop yes I think I'm about to use uh <clears throat> use some uh, of our podcast emails to get some free some free trials <laughs> there you go because oh shit one of my old co-workers gave me hers oh uh, all right now that we're talking about illegally uh using uh, oh, 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 I mean, uh, <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> oh, shit. This is recording, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Woo. All right. Here we go. Let's move the mouse off of the stop recording button because that would be very bad. Mm-hmm. All right. So today, this episode is going to be, once again, a little bit like season one. We're going to talk about the, the uh, <clears throat> death the death of Indiana's very own gangster, John Dillinger. <gasps> John Dillinger? Yes, John Dillinger. I don't, know, I don't know why I said it in like an Australian accent, but... <laughs> I don't know why I said it in a Boston accent. He's from Indianapolis. Boston? <laughs> Fuck it. It's whatever. But, okay, so here's the deal, though. I'm not going to bury the lead here at all. The theory is that John Dillinger did not, in fact, die. No, no, he did not. No? Nope. No, sure didn't. He's alive and kicking. Well, not anymore, but that's what we're going to start. So here we go, here we go. In June of 2019, relatives of John Dillinger filed a request with the Indiana Department of Health to have John Dillinger's body exhumed from his grave in Crown Point Cemetery in Indianapolis. Uh, The health department did grant that request, but exhuming Dillinger's body would be a little more difficult than that of any other person because they buried him under three feet of concrete to prevent any desecration of his body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So why did the family want to go through all this trouble? Well, no shit. because there has been this conspiracy theory floating around for like 80 some years that the man who was killed and buried in John Dillinger's grave was not John Dillinger. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right. So let's back up a little bit and get into our little Hoosier pal here. So John Dillinger was born June 22nd, 1903 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, His mom was Mary Ellen, or Molly, Lancaster, and his dad was John Wilson Dillinger. Oh, I forgot to tell you. John Dillinger, his middle name was Herbert. Herbert? (laughs) Herbert. Herbert or Herbert. Herbert. His middle name was Herbert. So now, his dad was John Wilson Dillinger. Now, John Mm -hmm. Sr., he was not a pleasant dude. No, no, no. 
Uh, it's said that he often told people that he believed in the spare the rod and spoil the child philosophy. The what? Spare the rod and spoil the child. So, like, if you don't beat them, they're going to turn into to spoiled brats. Oh. Yeah. A pretty pretty outdated way of parenting nowadays, but um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that was that was the 1900s. So uh, John Jr. did have an older sister, and her name was Audrey. She was uh, 16 years older than him. So when Mary Ellen died in 1907, just before John Jr.'s fourth birthday, Audrey sort of stepped in and took care of John Jr. while she was busy getting married and having seven children of her own. <laughs> So, anyways, that's, uh, that's seventh yeah, heaven no, right there. <laughs> no, that sounds like <laughs> hell. <laughs> no thanks. I want two max. That's it. That's all I want. Thanks though. That's what I said. If I ever decide I want kids, I just want two. Yep, three is too fucking many. You're outnumbered. No thanks. You're outnumbered. <laughs> uh huh. Unless you're a single parent, and then two, you're outnumbered. So mm, shit. So anyway, so John Sr. did remarry a woman. Her name was, was Elizabeth Fields, and they had three more children. So oh. it does seem that Lizzie took care of John Jr. when she came into the picture. But, I mean, I don't really know because it didn't really specify. So uh, as a ch- teenager, as a teenager. A teenager. John Jr. was a bully. Of course. Uh, He got in lots of trouble for fighting and for petty theft. Uh, He did not graduate high school. Uh, He quit so he could work in an Indianapolis machine shop. And in 1921, sorry, 1921, John Sr. moved the whole fam family to Mooresville, Indiana. Mooresville. Why? Ask me why. Why did they move to Mooresville? Because he thought the city was corrupting his son. What? <laughs> or, hear me out, this is, this is fucking wild. This is a wild concept. Dear God. Maybe it's your whole spare the rod philosophy that's corrupting your son. <laughs> Good. Just a thought. Just a thought. Ding, 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 ding. Jesus Christ, I fucking hate it here. Oh my God. So uh, not surprisingly, the move did not change John Jr.'s lifestyle. Imagine <laughs> it that. It wasn't the city that was corrupting him, just like Dang. I said. Uh, so in 1922, he was arrested for auto theft. Oh. In 1923, he enlisted in the Navy, where he served as a machinery repairman on board the USS Utah. Oh. But he went AWOL a few months later and was eventually dishonorably discharged for deserting. <laughs> so not doing so hot, bud. Uh, he went back to Mooresville where he met his future wife. You're not ready for this name. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Abel. Her name was Beryl Ethel Hovius. Beryl, or maybe it's Burl. I don't know. Merle. It's spelled, it's spelled like Merle with a B. B-E-R-Y-L. So it's either Beryl or Burl. I don't fucking know. But her last name is Hovius. Hovius. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so Beryl and John married on April 24th, 1924. Oh, shit. Oh, LOL. They did the same shit that I did. 
24th of 24, like I did 620 of 2020. <laughs> wow. You know, you know, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm, Anyways, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. just things that I'm picking up on as I read my notes. Uh, so he did try to settle down and live the domesticated American dream, but uh, he didn't like it. Oh, of course. It is quite boring. Yeah, well, <clears throat> not all of us can be uh, super elusive uh, bank robbers, so here we are. You know. <laughs> so uh, instead of, you know, living the domesticated American dream, he began orchestrating a robbery instead. Uh, he and his ex-convict friend, Ed Singleton, robbed a local grocery store for $50. What? <laughs> and they oh, well, would have gotten guess... away with it, too, if it weren't for that meddling minister who recognized them and reported them to the police. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you like my Scooby-Doo voice? I did. That was pretty good. <laughs> so uh, John and Ed were arrested the next day, and Ed pleaded not guilty. But John confessed after his dad pushed him to. So Dillinger was convicted of assault and battery with intent to rob and conspiracy to commit a felony. He was sentenced mm. to 10 to 20 years in prison. Mm. So uh, here's, a, here's, here's a fun fact. When Dillinger was en route to Mooresville to testify against Ed, because that was part of his like little plea, whatever, uh, he was for him to testify against Ed. So on his way to Mooresville to testify against Ed, Dillinger escaped. He fucking escaped the van. No. (laughs) Unfortunately for him, uh, they caught him and he had to testify. (laughs) Bitch. Ed was sentenced to two to four years, sorry, two to 14 years in prison, but he died in 1937. So... Johnny was imprisoned at the Indiana Reformatory and Indiana State Prison from 1924 to 1933. So nine Mm. years of his 10 to 20 years in prison sentence. So this uh, prison sentence drastically changed his outlook on life and society. Uh, He was he was pissed, quite frankly. Uh, So he befriended some bank robbers in prison. Oh, beautiful. Uh, they taught John how to be a successful criminal from jail. Um, they were all in jail. <laughs> they were taught um, how to be a successful criminal. <laughs> just something's not quite adding up. <laughs> so uh, John and his new criminal friends planned bank heists that they would execute once they were released from prison. <laughs> so, okay, so let me let me preface this. There were a fuck ton of people in this little gang, and I'm not even going to venture to name them because it will get so confusing for you and the listeners. I just am not, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. So there's a fuck ton of people. Mm -hmm. Cool. So on May 10th, 1933, John Dillinger was paroled, but this was the Great Depression. So he immediately began committing crimes again because (laughs) your boy couldn't get a job. So, on June 21st, 1933, he robbed his first bank. He got $10,000 from this bank. And on August 14th, he robbed a bank in Bluffton, Ohio. Oh. Yeah. I thought so, too. I was like, Bluffton? Wow, that's close. No. No. Ohio. Uh, He was quickly caught and transferred to the Allen County Jail in Lima, Ohio. So, again... Allen County, but Ohio. (laughs) 
What the fuck? I know. So when the police searched uh, searched Dillinger, they found a piece of paper that looked like it had an escape plan on it. He <gasps> refused to tell them what it was. <laughs> no, officer, that's not an escape plan. But here's the, here's the thing. They were right. The cops were right. The group of friends who he had made in prison, whom John had helped smuggle out of prison, were now going to help smuggle John out of prison. So three of the men of the, quote, first Dillinger gang dressed up as Indiana state police officers and entered the prison claiming they needed to extradite Dillinger to Indiana. When asked for credentials and proof, they shot the officer who asked, released Dillinger from his cell, and escaped back to Indiana. So now they're just killing innocent people. So that's fucked up. So John Dillinger was known to have participated in 12 of the Dillinger gang's bank robberies over the span of a year between 1933 and 1934. So here is a list of the ones they robbed. There are uh, 13 listed, so Dillinger was not present for one of them. But I am not going to list all of the dates, just the names, locations, and amounts. In case there are any listeners that, you know, uh, bank at these banks. Because <laughs> I think that would be kind of funny. Please write in and tell me if you bank at any of these banks because it might make me giggle. All right. So number one, New Carlisle National Bank in New Carlisle, Ohio. There they got $10,000. The Commercial Bank in Daleville, Indiana, uh, which Daleville is one of the towns near where I used to teach. <clears throat> And from Daleville, they got uh, $3,500. Montpelier National Bank in Montpelier, Indiana, which I have driven through plenty of oh, times. Oh, jeez. Fucking mm -hmm. Montpelier. They got $6,700 from there. Bluffton Bank in Bluffton, Ohio, they got $6,000. Massachusetts Avenue State Bank in Indianapolis, they got $21,000. Uh, this was presumably the the robbery that Dillinger was not present for because he was arrested after the Bluffton Bank uh, robbery, so uh, I don't think he was there for that one. Uh, Home Banking Company in St. Mary's, Ohio, they got $12,000. Central National Bank and Trust Co. in Greencastle, Indiana, they got $74,802. Ooh. American Bank, I know. <laughs> Don't forget the two dollars. Yeah. American Bank and Trust Co. in Racine, maybe it's Racine, or Wisconsin. They got twenty-eight thousand dollars. First National Bank in East Chicago, Indiana, twenty thousand dollars. Securities National Bank and Trust Co. in Sioux Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux. Sioux is uh, French because it is S I O U X. So I'm so sorry that I pronounced that wrong. Um, they got $49,500 from that bank. First National Bank in Mason City, Iowa, they got $52,000. First National Bank in Fostoria, Ohio, sorry, that was wrong, uh, they got $17,000. Merchants National Bank in South Bend, Indiana, they got $29,890. So most of these are pretty hefty hauls, especially yeah, towards the end. that's a lot of... A lot yeah, of money. So, so, so I did some, I did some math, which is surprising oh, of because your girl don't do math. <laughs> <laughs> but I totaled it up, and it came to three hundred and thirty thousand three hundred and ninety-two dollars in nineteen thirty-three. Yeah, give me some of that. <clears throat> so, with inflation, that would be seven point one million dollars. <laughs> they robbed 
13 banks and got 7.1 million dollars beautiful oh my god they did the damn thing y'all they did it (laughs) (laughs) so what was their strategy how the hell did they rob so many banks without like really getting caught well mm, they used another infamous bank robber strategy this bank robber his name was herman lamb and his strategy included creating getaway maps before, like long before the the actual heist, and uh, also included people as the following jobs: a lookout, a getaway driver, a lobby man, and a vault man. The gang members used modern weapons such as machine guns, and they wore bulletproof vests. The gang used powerful vehicles to escape, but uh, the vehicles were often discarded afterwards to avoid being caught. Obviously, this strategy worked 13 times for the village, for the Dillinger gang, and those are just the ones that I listed. So, like, I mean, I guess it worked a little bit. Some of them did die in some of these heists, but, like, eh. There were, like, 15 of them <laughs> at one point in time, so. <laughs> but, it's uh, fine. Also, the gang attacked police arsenals in Auburn and Peru, Indiana, to get more supplies such as guns, ammo, and bulletproof vests. The Dillinger gang was caught in Tucson, Arizona in early 1934 and was extradited back to Indiana. John was imprisoned in Crown Point, Indiana, facing murder charges for a policeman, 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 sorry, who was killed during the East Chicago robbery. Uh, The police bragged that the jail was escape proof, but they fucked up and they jinxed it. And they spoke it into the universe. So Dillinger proved them wrong when he escaped with 15 other inmates during morning exercises. Beautiful. (laughs) This escape led to a nationwide manhunt for John Dillinger. Um, He ran and hid in Minneapolis, Minnesota for a few weeks, and then he ended up back in Mooresville, then wound up in Michigan, then Chicago. He was just like traveling the Midwest looking for a good place to hide out. Uh, At one point, Dillinger even underwent plastic surgery in order to evade capture. (laughs) According to a grunge.com article, quote, he had the doctors remove a pair of moles, fill in a depression, fill in a depression in his nose excise a scar, flatten his dimples, and tug the corner of his mouth up in a wry smirk. Uh, Unquote. He also burned his fingerprints off with acid. So, you know. Jeez. Yeah, the lengths people will go to protect themselves. Fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, if you would just, like, you know, live a normal life and not rob banks, you wouldn't have to do those things. But, mm, who am I? Who am I to tell you how to live your life? (laughs) (laughs) So, skip forward to June of 1934. Uh, Dillinger meets a young waitress in Chicago, and her name is Polly Hamilton. Uh, He obviously introduced himself with an alias because he can't be like, Hi, I'm John Dillinger, the world's most wanted man right now. (laughs) So, uh, but little did he know that Polly used to be a sex worker at a brothel in Gary, Indiana, Uh, The madame, madam, 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 or madame, I don't know. The madam of this brothel was a Romanian immigrant named Anna, and I cannot say her last name, so just Anna. 
Uh, Anna was about to be deported, but she offered the FBI information about John Dillinger in exchange for them not deporting her. Um, she told the FBI who John Dillinger was hanging out with, a.k.a. Polly Hamilton, um, and said that she was actually going to be going to the movies with Dillinger and Polly. She said that she would wear an orange dress to help them identify her, but that she did not know if, she, if they were going to be going to the bio, Biograph or the Marlboro Theater. So two teams were created. They had him. This is it. They were going to get this motherfucker. So two teams were created. One team was sent to the Marlboro and the other was sent to the Biograph Theater. On July 22nd, 1934, at approximately 8.30 p.m., Anna, Polly, and John Dillinger were seen entering the Biograph Theater. When the movie ended, FBI agent Melvin Purvis stood... Melvin Purvis. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't said it out loud. Purvis is just such a weird name. But good old Melvin. He stood Melvin. by the front door and lit a cigar to tell the others that Dillinger had exited the building. Dillinger turned, turned his head and looked at the agent as he walked by. He then looked across the street and then quickly ran and disappeared into an alley. He was like... Nope, not fucking around. Bye. So, uh, but the alley had already been blocked by law enforcement. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of sad because I was kind of rooting for him when I was doing this <laughs> research. I was like, go, go, go. <laughs> but so three men went after Dillinger: uh, Clarence Hurt, who fired his gun twice; Charles Winstead, who fired his gun three times; and Herman Hollis, who fired once. Dillinger was struck from behind and fell face first to the ground. He had been hit four times. Two of the bullets only grazed him and one caused a superficial wound, but the fatal bullet entered the back of his neck, severing his spinal cord, passed into his brain, and exited just under his right eye. They called Jeez. the ambulance, but Dillinger was already dead. Or so they thought. Mm. Mm, yeah. So this, this part gets a little fucked up. The crowd that had formed were supposedly dipping their handkerchiefs and skirts into John Dillinger's blood that had pooled on the ground. Souvenirs, I guess. Okay. People are fucking weird. I mean, people literally go to, like, like murder houses. Like, John Wayne Gacy's house where they had, where he had boys young men buried under his fucking house and they would like take bricks from it like it's disgusting interesting yeah what is happening do you hear that no the demon is screaming oh yeah she's borking there she is okay well sorry guys i don't know what's happening uh but, but, but souvenirs yeah so anyways uh we already know the rest he was buried at crown hill cemetery wait i thought it was crown point oh wait <laughs> Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis, Crown Point, Indianapolis, basically. Um, but his headstone had to has had to be replaced multiple times because here we go. People have vandalized it or broken pieces off of it to keep for souvenirs. People are fucking weird. <clears throat> All right. So now that we we already know that the main conspiracy is that the man who the FBI shot and killed was not really John Dillinger, rather a doppelganger. 
So let's discuss the details. So evidence, here we go. First and foremost, the autopsy report. It disappeared. What? Mm-hmm. She gone. Just gone. Yeah. It, it just disappeared. And it was discovered 50 years later in a bag at the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office instead of being filed away properly. I mean, that sounds like a whole lot of, whole lot of accessory, if you ask yep, me. Yep, 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 yep. So I don't know if it was before the autopsy report went missing or after it was found after 50 years, but Dillinger's family was able to see the autopsy report and they noted multiple differences between John Dillinger and the man who was buried, quote, in his place. Uh, So the man who was buried had different colored eyes than Dillinger and his teeth were not similar. Nor did that man's fingerprints match those of John Dillinger. Remember that John Dillinger had his fingerprints removed. Yes. So, now let's rewind to the plastic surgery that Dillinger underwent. Reportedly, he did not think that the doctors did a good enough job, telling them he, quote, doesn't look any different than he did. Even the local police and the morgue attendants didn't see any difference in his appearance. But the FBI agent who was on scene at the slaying, Melvin Purvis, do you remember Melvin? Good old Melvin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Melvin Purvis. (laughs) Anyway, so Melvin told the press, quote, The plastic surgeon did a good job, but I knew Dillinger the minute I saw him. (laughs) So... If the cops and Dillinger himself didn't see a difference, why did Purvis claim he looked different? Right. He was different. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down, yes. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, so moving on to evidence number three. Good old Slippery John, as he was known in the media. Slippery John. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, He escaped jail in Lima, Ohio, as well as in Crown Point, Indiana. He also evaded capture many, 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 many times. There were also countless false sightings of him throughout Indiana while, while he was alive. Who's to say that he didn't somehow evade death that night at the Biograph Theater? Who's to say that Anna didn't lie to the FBI and just say she'd be with him. Right. Who's to say this wasn't all orchestrated? Maybe Polly and Anna were both in on it. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to cover some pre-existing theories posed by a true crime author named J. Robert Nash. So number one, uh, the FBI was still pretty new at the time in 1934, only having been created in 1908. Uh, Therefore, there were probably a lot of amateurs and a lot of mistakes, but not that, you know, investigations in the 1930s were flawless anyways. (laughs) But uh, this guy, this Nash guy, he poses that the FBI shot the wrong guy and then had to cover it up to save their own asses in the public. They had, after all, already shot three men who they thought were Dillinger's gang members in a botched raid in Wisconsin. So, like, the public's already on their ass for accidentally killing people who they thought were 
members of Dillinger's gang, but weren't. Mm -hmm. So maybe they just like killed this dude, pretended like it was Dillinger to keep the public off their asses. Right. Uh, Second theory. Uh, Melvin Purvis created the lie to please his boss, the director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover. Boo, J. Edgar Hoover, we don't like him. Yeah, boo. <clears throat> boo. Dillinger was, a, uh, was making law enforcement look like idiots because he kept escaping and evading them. So Hoover was not pleased with this or uh, the actions of his subordinates. Y'all are supposed to be catching this motherfucker, and he just keeps getting out. Do something about it. So Purvis just created this lie and uh, fabricated that John Dillinger was dead. And maybe John Dillinger was, like, not dead, and he saw it in the newspapers and was like, oh, shit, everyone thinks I'm dead. I'm off scot-free. Fuck yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. It's fucking me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So third theory Dillinger faked his own death and, quote, laughed in the background at Crown Point Cemetery as he watched men dig his own grave. Oh, my God. (laughs) He went to the extent to get fucking plastic surgery to evade the law. What makes you think he wouldn't also be willing to fake his own death? Right. He doesn't have any ties. He literally could so easily cut all ties because he doesn't have any. He's not married. He was dating that poly girl, but I don't, I mean, they were only dating for like a month. Who gives a shit? Right. But I I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put it past him. Last one. So Dillinger went out West to live the rest of his life on a Native American reservation with his new wife. I'm assuming this new wife happened after he faked his death. Um, so this J. Robert Nash dude says that he has a picture of Dillinger and his wife taken in Oregon in 1948. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> 1948, that would be 14 years after he supposedly died. So uh, here's, here's a bonus theory for you. Nash claims that he has met Dillinger in Puente, California. He says that he stood in a dark room and had a conversation with a man who could have been John Dillinger. He says, quote, I do not know for certain the man I talked to was John Dillinger. Sorry, I do not know for certain that the man I talked to was John Dillinger or not. If that was the case, however, it is not my obligation to inform anyone about it. For according to the FBI, John Herbert Dillinger has been had been dead since July 22nd, 1934. The world bought Hoover's story, and it is welcome to it. I told my story, and the world is welcome to that, too. And that is all I have for you. Listen. Listening. I just, that, (laughs) I'm trying to process it all. I know, that was a lot of information to be thrown at you very quickly. I'm sorry. Do you have questions? No, I think I, I think I picked up everything. But how, like... Okay, I guess, yeah, question. Like, do you think that the police, like, knew that they fucked up? I think if if it was the wrong man, I think the police would have been like, shit, this was the wrong guy. We need to, to cover it up. Right. But um, obviously someone had to have died in that alley. So whether it was John Dillinger or not, they 
they killed someone. Right. Yeah. But it it wasn't even it wasn't even the FBI or the police that actually fired the fatal bullet. It was a civilian, one of those three civilians. Mm-hmm. So some someone died. Someone got dead. And I I don't personally think that it it was John Dillinger. Uh, I think he spent so much time and effort evading the police that I don't think he would be stupid enough to trust enough that many people that he doesn't know very well to go to the movie theater. Right. Out in public where he knows damn well he could be caught. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like plastic surgery or not, especially after he got the plastic surgery and said he didn't look any different than before. He was obviously a very intelligent man. I don't particularly think he would be stupid enough to do that. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. But I, I don't know. Which theory did you like best? There was the... Let's see if I can pull him back up. Hold on. There was Purvis... Made it up. Okay, the FBI fucked up and covered it up. Uh, Purvis made it up to please J. Edgar Hoover. Dillinger faked his own death. uh, Or Dillinger went out west to live the rest of his life on a Native American reservation. That one. You think? Mm Mm-hmm. But I think some of these could have even, could even, like, feed into each other. Like, maybe he he did fake his own death and then he went out west to live whatever and yeah. maybe also the fbi realized that they shot the wrong guy and had to cover it up like i feel like more than one could be true yeah they're all just true yeah fuck it <laughs> well i i don't know i honestly i had a lot of fun researching this this topic first of all it was fun to see because we live in indiana so i recognized a lot of these places that were listed and like then there was the weird thing with Bluffton, Ohio, and Allen County, Ohio, and, like, those are places in Indiana that I'm very familiar with, so. Right. I don't um, know. I had fun seeing the parallels. Isn't there, I think it's him, isn't there, like, rumors that he hid his money as well? Like I think so. I'm, I'm sure. I mean. Like, I'm pretty sure he hid a lot of, I think it's him. I know someone, and I can't remember if it's him or not. Someone hit a lot of money around this area like in indiana mm. that that would be a fun treasure hunt that's what i'm saying that's some like uncharted shit uncharted you know mm-hmm. but like i don't know i can't remember what i was gonna say Boop-ba-dip-dip-boop. oh that's what i was gonna say he didn't have any children so and like i mean he had a couple of wives but he didn't have any children with them and so who would his money go to when he died right Right. i mean probably what happened was after he died if he really died after he died all of his money was seized by the government and dispersed amongst the banks that he robbed Mm -hmm. but i'm not i i'm not a legal person i don't fucking know i'm not legal for all i know maybe they they just gave it to i don't know maybe they gave it to charity or fucking kept it for them themselves mm-hmm. a stipend for catching and killing his bitch ass right i don't know but it very well could be he may have hit it even if he was shot and killed in that alley maybe he hit it you know right after he obtained it 
or maybe he wasn't shot in the alley and he hit it years later right interesting yeah that was fun i like i that. liked that one that was fun i promise i'll take a break away from the the <laughs> the death death conspiracies for a little while but i couldn't i couldn't just let that one be because it's an indiana case and oh of course i like these anyway Mm-hmm. So. I do too. I think the the death ones are, they're interesting, right? Because, because you think of all the what ifs. Yeah, exactly. It's, like hmm, it's what less, it's less straightforward, I guess. Right. All right. Uh, do you have any other thoughts? He didn't die. He was still alive. He's still I agree. alive, but not like not this year. But he was he was living. <laughs> <laughs> No, his best I think, life. Well, let's think about it. He was born in 1903, so he could have lived until the late 90s, like 80s or 90s, you know? Mm-hmm. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, he could have lived into the early aughts, because he still would have only been 100 in 2003. He could have seen the turn of the century, for all we Ooh, know. shit. Who knows? There's no way to know. There is no way to know. Damn. Oh, well. No, I think oh, um I should tell you guys the uh the request to have his body exhumed uh it was never actually carried out. They never they never did exhume his body. Oh. Probably because they uh started oh, no, because what had happened was when the family filed the request, the Indiana Department of Health said, "Okay, but then it came back later that the the owner of the cemetery would actually have to approve it and the owner of the cemetery did not approve it so All right he was not exhumed from his resting place but that's probably for the better because uh <laughs> well we know what happens when you disturb a a, a body like yes that, so don't do it evil whoever things. it is in that grave let them be yes Live and let live. Live and let live. Live and let be dead. Live and let die. Rest in peace. Yes, exactly. Precisely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Goodbye forever. Thank you for listening to Mysterious Ish. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Mysterious Ish Pod. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.